All right. Bring them in. Bring them in. Let the people join the YouTube stream. Kyle, can you and I clap? We're, we're, we're st- we just rushed back from the track. Let's clap it up for a good night of track good and night. field. Good night. Good job, track always. and field. Good job, track and field community. Yeah. I mean, today felt chaotic. I mean, it just there was so many uh, races. It was hard to keep up with all the action, even with our team. You know, we have a pretty big team here uh, to cover the U.S. championships. And the it, reason that yeah. we have a big team here. Ah, I see where you're going with this. Is because of Under Armour. Yeah, so big time support <laughs> from Under Armour, backing all of Sidious Max coverage of the 2023 US Championships. Um, tomorrow's a big day for us. We've got we're hosting a group run here in Eugene. Uh, we're going to have, you know, some pairs of the Flow Velocity Elites for people to try. Um, it's right here. Uh, I don't understand where we keep finding these fresh pairs because uh, mine are really dirty and I need to swap them out for uh, one of these. These are awesome. Um, you've been doing Man on the Street yeah. videos, so giving them out. Approaching people on the street is like, you see it on TikTok all the time, just uh, jumping, like, hey, uh, uh, for uh, a game show. It's, uh, but it's pretty fun. People, when you tell them that you can win a brand new pair of Under Armour shoes, they're pretty receptive. Yeah, so... Uh, Check the uh, check out the Flow Velocity Elites. They've also got uh, some spikes hitting the market, uh, and they work as seen by Isaac Updike tonight. Oh, they do. Uh, he may be joining us. Is what maybe the maybe rumor is. Uh, but we had a big night. It was it track. was it was exciting. It was good stuff. Um, I mean, we sat here for like an hour and a half this afternoon just talking about the fifteen hundreds. Yeah. It was. Uh, that seems like a good place to start. Yeah. So this afternoon, if you are looking for even more track and field content to consume over the weekend, uh, we decided to gather some of the uh, star U.S. fifteen hundred <laughs> men from uh, from the United States from the years two thousand eleven to two thousand and uh, I don't know what end date would you put on the on your guys' careers two thousand seventeen ish. Around then, uh, you kept going for a little longer than that. Um, and you guys broke down all the races, how you guys thought it would go. And as expected, we did not get, we, we definitely missed some things. Uh, yeah, definitely. And, and I think that's John like, Gold looked at me and he was like, uh, So, did anyone from your experts panel uh, get uh, the top three? And I was like, Well, first off, I didn't call them experts, I called them washed up 1500 <laughs> guys. And so, uh, most, yeah. of, most of us got two of three. Of, of each, I don't yeah. know. I, I was four of six. That's that. That's not bad. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was and, two for three, and, both sides. And my my picks that didn't make it were both fourth. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, so we're gonna start with the uh, men's fifteen hundred. I think that this went a little bit differently than we thought it would. Even four hundred meters into the race, it seemed like one thing was happening. So Yari does this thing, Matt called it perfectly, where he gets off the line cleanly and then that second 200 swoops up on the outside and overtakes the lead. And they came through in 58 seconds and we started losing our minds and the stands were like, they're about to run 331. (laughs) And then Yari kind of, I wouldn't say like hit the brakes, but definitely eased off the gas. Yeah, enough to give Joe Wascom an opportunity to try and make a move up towards the front. Cole Hawker was in it. For he was in good position the whole entire time. Uh, it was looking when we were watching the race from the stands. 
you were most fearful of Henry Wynn potentially. Henry Wynn had a great. I mean, uh, ended up finishing fifth. Oh, Hobbs was another one who was in a really good position early on in the race. Well, and I just I just want to say that that Hobbs did exactly what Will and. Ronnie said he was going to do. He was just going to run as close to yard as possible, and that's what he was doing for the first uh, K before it started getting a you know a little bogged up. On the way out of the stadium, we ran into Coach Dathan Ritzenhine, and like he told us that uh, you know kind of the plan was what we ended up seeing. Although Yared had some other thoughts, he initially just wanted to go out there and try and solo a three thirty one, but. Imagine being able to do that. <laughs> like that's an option. Oh, should I should I win it in three thirty five or should I just go run three thirty one and challenge anyone to come with me? And there was, you know, so hitting the brakes, it led to some someone like Joe Wask, you know, moving up. To, it, it was an interesting move by the college kid. You know, I I feel like uh, you remember Steve Prefontaine and how Who? he had the he actor. Had, yeah, he had a. It was like. About he had some quotes about it being like a work of art and emotions and this and that and it was, I'm always as a 15 year old what are you talking about what does yeah. that mean and Joe Wascom is such a emotional runner and you can see it, it it I don't know if I'd call it a performance maybe I like in in the artistic sense you can see his effort like in in more ways than oh, just yeah. like him uh, like fading over the last hundred meters. He's looking around like for his moves, for space. He's he's sort of his arms are he's touching, you know, everybody around him for space and giving himself space. Uh I think you're you're dead on there. You if, can see his emotion. If Joe was an animal, what animal would you describe him as? A tiger. Uh-huh. No, a husky. It makes sense. I hate Chris. <laughs> I'm I'm lost on that one. <laughs> um but like it, it really like he has such an intensity and when he moved it to, it's violent. He yeah. And I thought he made a mistake in doing that that aggressively. We saw him, I think it was at NCAAs, maybe even in the prelims, do something similar where it was like, dude, you don't have to do yeah, a move from round. zero to 60 in 2.5 seconds. Like, you can wind it up a little. And when he went to go make a move in order to beat Yard to that turn, he moved so hard. And it was just like, you're not having anything left after that. That takes so much energy. But you do have to be intentional to make the team. Like nobody accidentally makes a team. I talked about this last night. Like occasionally you can you can sneak in and get third accidentally, but you have to be intentional about your moves when you're making them because everybody is so good. And usually there's about a third of the field that feels good and they're confident and they're intentional about their moves. They have a sound race plan and the race kind of comes to them how they envision it. There's a third of the field that kind of halves it and then the other third doesn't feel great and they are just kind of like along for the ride. And I think if you look kind of, a, you know, at the results here, it sort of speaks that way. The people that are finishing up in the top, they're deliberately making moves. I, I think that's a, a good example. And I was talking to Prakel after, who loves Sam Prakel. I mean, talk about just having a healthy mindset. The kid just finishes fourth place. It was his sixth straight U.S. final, which is an incredible accomplishment. Highest he's ever finished in an outdoor championship. He's inching closer. He's closer. inching closer and closer. Next year, next year. And he's so composed and... I don't want to say okay with it, but is immediately able to digest it and give way to candid. Like his mental health yeah. game is crazy. Yeah, I, he was. It helped maybe I guess that one of his training partners, teammates in in Joe, uh, made the team. He was talking about how 
to us, I think maybe before you started recording the interview, Joe Oscom has all these classes lined up for the summer, and he was like, I don't really want – and if he made the team, he would get out of it. So there was a little extra bit of motivation there for, for Joe. But um, Well, the thing I want to say about Sam, though, to, to Max – point about the intentionality sam last year moved way too hard too early and he said this year i'm not going to do that I, what do you learn from year to year he said i'm going to try to be the last one to move and so because of that he did definitely run a little bit more conservative and in contrast to joe and really like that ultimately ended up being a little bit of a difference maker sam was closing really hard had a great final Straight away, it just seemed like last year he moved at 300 to go. This year he moved at 100 to go. Next year does he move at 150, 200 and finally make that team? Uh, to your point about like just how he can process his own races, like he's always been like that. When he was a freshman, when I was a senior at Oregon, uh, super mature for his age, and immediately then like he could immediately process his race and be like, okay, well I messed up. I shouldn't have done that, and that's why I got the results that I did. Um, if something went well, he'd be like, yeah, of course, I, I did this correctly and, and it worked out for me. And he's always been able to do that really quickly. I almost wish that he was more emotional about I do, too. I but, want but, him, like, but, but I don't want to say but, cry. But no, but that's coming from, like, me because I, I, like, I needed to be an emotional runner in order to run well. I needed to, like, care for it so much. And I'm not saying that Prakel doesn't. He obviously cares a ton. But I almost want to, like, see it from him, you know, just to... I don't know. So, you know, you know, sort of I, know it's, frustrated I mean, I mean, we don't know what happens in the next couple of hours. Do so you think he just goes home and he's still totally fine? No, there's a, there, no, there's a hole in his wall. He is absolutely like, he's gutted. Like, yeah. but it's just, you want him to, I don't let know. That out I just want to like, sh I don't know, share it with him and, and just know that like, I don't know. I know that he cares a lot. About Shout him. out to his parents. So they raised a great guy. Yeah. Um, but all right. Cole Hawker. He's back. 335 for the for third place. <laughs> Interestingly, I mean, just of how close that race was, he uh, he leaned at the finish line. Something cold uh, Cooper didn't do. Um, it, I pulled up the photo that was on our. But he had it by page. a few tenths. Yeah, uh, he he was also kind of getting himself into position right around the same time that Joe made the big move. Uh, and afterwards, like he said last year. If he would have finished third and just made the team, he wouldn't have been happy. In years past, because yeah. he's always sees himself as the top, you know, American. What's in the Happy field. Cole like? Happy Cole right now believes that he's got fifty days to potentially uh, win the world championships, and that he he sees himself doing it. How I said I was like, well, you know, this <laughs> Jakob Ingebrigtsen guy is like the guy to beat. And he says, yeah, no, I know that, and I was I was like, what's it gonna take? He's like, you're. I'm just gonna have to get in position to you know get. Back to and even a little bit better than 2021 Cole, and he's working his way back. I, I he said he's fully healthy, no pain, and I think the next 50 days are going to be crucial for that because you know we've kind of hinted at it over here that Cole could be that guy. We've seen what everyone else's cards have done against Jakob. Cole hasn't played his hand since 2021. Um, I, I just want to say, like, I think. Cole ran one of those really deliberate races. I think that he knows he knew that he didn't have that crazy fitness to have that closing speed and put himself up in the front half of the race. He was up in the top four the entire time. And you sort of have to be there if you know that you don't have that freakishly, you know, strong kick that he normally does. So I think that that was massively just genius on his part to be able to execute that. 
any European or Norwegian listening to this and us being like the third place, like the fact that we're giving the third place finisher at the U.S. Champs being like, he can beat Jakob. Well, it, like, I understand. I, I, if if you're awake at 4 a.m. listening to this in Norway, I totally hit under- the chat. It might actually be 6, 7 a.m. at this point now. Maybe they are awake. Um, but it, 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 that's what you saw when he was young. Raw talent. We know the potential. 22. He's still young. It, yeah. Is Waskam in for sure? He Waskam is in. Really? According to him. Yeah, I, the, his ranking they is ran be high. so fast. He the, really only just the, missed the standard, and then this being a, a silver race, you're gonna get a, a lot ton of, points. of points. And it, he already had a couple decent times to his name, so he's gonna be fine. Um, I mean, I talked to him. Hi guys, Dana here. Oh hey Dana. We made it back. Is Caitlin here? Caitlin's oh, here. Oh hey, Caitlin. Oh, wait, we, we gotta get Caitlin's reaction. She's a fifteen girl now. But what did Joe say? Oh, what did Joe say? First of all, Joe is in. They whisked him off to drug testing right after, which is like very strange. So he just had some lots of time to. Has ref- he been drug tested before? We didn't ask him that, but Chris no. Chris can ask him on yeah, the CBS podcast. Oh okay. But it, he was. They do wait. They drug test NCAA champs. Oh maybe. Believe it or not, they always do. <laughs> they yeah. do. Well, he was—he just seemed like really shell shocked, and he was so happy. And I asked him about, you know, half this field is coached by Andy Powell. How how did you feel? And I asked him the question. You guys probably broke it down ad nauseum. Of do you guys get different race plans? He's like, I just felt really good, and I have nothing to lose out here. And I didn't have classes this spring. He's essentially been training like a pro all spring, and he just started grad school classes. So shocked himself. We'll see if he shocks the world in Budapest, but. All smiles from Joe. Joe's an interesting case of, uh, like, when you talk to some of the different shoe companies, obviously he's in school Yeah, we talked right about now. the NIL. But the, people are have been high on Joe for a while. He doesn't have an agent yet, yeah. which is kind of surprising. He was asked about NIL opportunities, and he's like, yeah, it's definitely a great option to stay in school. I want to come back here. I want to do cross in the fall i already signed a lease like i'm not going anywhere <laughs> i love that like the lease is the yeah i gotta go back to school. i gotta go back we need a running with the buffaloes of the huskies next year who wants to go there and write the book i mean Chris, what are you doing uh, i'm just getting back into writing now uh caitlin did you talk about the girls yet no no, not no. Yet, but um, just in general like you immediately saw us in the mix zone and you're just like you guys were right. The 1500, I could see why you guys spent 90 minutes talking about it. Well, maybe not 90 minutes, but you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what what made it so cool for you today? Was it the okay. women's race? It was it was the women's race, but we didn't talk about the women's race yet. We can. The guys race was kind of cool cuz like I know Cole Hawker's name and I know that like he <laughs> didn't do well last year and everybody was rooting for him and Cooper because at some point him and Cooper was taking over Oregon for like I don't know how long. Um, and then the dude from Washington, all I know is that Washington got a fourth place indoor trophy because of all distance kids. And then I forgot who the other person was. Yard. Oh, the goose. The goose. Yeah. yeah the and then the I, I, I met him at USA's last year. So, yeah, that was a fun race. With but it was the women's race for women. me that, like, that, that, that sent me over the edge. I'm glad you guys say that. I'm glad you say it to me. Go on. Tell us about it. Why? That was the... the Definitely the race of the day. Uh, I mean, we counted a thing so far out and really just forgot about what a thing could do. But it was all Nikki. Nikki Hiltz taking the W. Out kicking a thing, Mo. Like, ridiculous. 
You know, we they kind of let a thing do her thing. I can't believe that oh, they very all. Very good one, Kyle. Yeah. I just made that up. <laughs> yeah. But they did just kind of key off of her, and we've seen that in 800s. I think it's very tall, too. So maybe it was like she's taller than everyone else. She's the Olympic champion, guys. No, I think, I, but I don't know. I think a lot of people were keying off Sinclair in a way, and Sinclair was just nowhere to be seen almost. Well, Sinclair was just sitting in the pocket behind her. I mean, but a, a thing, obviously, Olympic champ at a different race. She's and the world champ. And the world champ. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, and the ACA champ. Yeah, a <laughs> lot of things. Um, but there's still a novice in this event. So the fact that everyone's just like, all right, let's do whatever she yeah. wants to do. Another three-second PB. How many? Nine seconds over the weekend. Yeah, I, so, I mean, ultimately, though, we talked about this previously of do you change your game plan at all, the things in the race, and oh. I think they did. Yeah. Uh Sinclair was in it was in an interesting position. Like I think running on the outside for 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 a bit, Corey glued herself to a thing Mo, and then Addie Wiley was was trying to make like a big push up in the front. Like it was, I, I, I yeah I think control of this race. There was uh, we were up, a bunch of people were probably distracted by Anna Gibson up in the front, but that was just like her trying to go after the time. We thought for Mac and I were just in the stands looking at it. We we're like, is a thing kind of playing the role of rabbit here? And then everyone just kind of keying off of her. And I mean, at the in the very end, that last two hundred, insane. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that the field actually took a thing Mo like seriously during the first yeah. uh, K. I think because uh, who was leading out front? It was it like was, it was Barton, I believe. Yeah, Barton was out front in like oh, Lori Barton. Yeah, 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 and like I don't think the field. I mean, she's fantastic. She's in the fi- final. But I don't think that all the women that had the standard already really respected that she was going to get away. It's so hard for anyone to solo a yeah. standard like that. And the thing put herself in that second spot and just became that de facto rabbit. And But I also equally don't think that the women that had the championship standard respected her to run the standard by no. herself out front. And then I think you saw with like 600 to go, everyone was like, oh, shoot, this is getting hard. And the thing was starting to tug and tug and tug, and they had already closed the gap by then, and, and uh, people were kind of mixing it up a little bit every time they were getting into a turn. And then Corey tried to go on the inside, and it didn't quite happen. And then Sinclair sort of moving to the outside. That didn't happen, and the thing just kind of stayed in that position all the way until, you know, when it was 50 thing meters ago. It was crazy. Hates the rail. Like, she just leaves the most Cor- amount of space. And Corey loves the rail, and I, if she had the opportunity to slide up through, she would have she gone. Did. She did. She, she did. was running on the rail. She was just but running if she next. Could, if she could finally, like, she was there. She did. No, she, she did. had. She did. She went through? She did. Yes. Yeah. They were just, she just could, didn't pass a thing. Yeah. The thing that is wild is how long they waited to really go as well. Like, they closed in 59, which is Sinclair fast. had the fastest lap of anyone. She ran close to 58. But it was all done in the, the last 150, 200. Like, they really did wait. It was winding up slowly, slowly. And I, I think looking back now, and this was my thought in you know in the preview is that Sinclair should be the one to be winding it up but once a thing was looking so fresh I mean the prelims looked like they were harder for her than this was I mm-hmm. talked to Sinclair and she comes through the mix zone she's like I-, I messed up that that was horrible I don't know what I was doing I was extremely nervous for today which I think was kind of 
uh, something I didn't expect because it seemed like a lot of these quotes were, I'm here to win, like, blah, blah. And she just kind of exuded this confidence outwardly. And I think inwardly was really nervous for this race versus a Corey and a Nikki who has had experience. They've made teams before. I mean, obviously Sinclair has, but had a little bit more poise and patience in a way that they were able to execute that last 150. Well, Nikki and Mac, you can speak to this. You said that they would win in a 403 race. Why Why did you feel that? And what kind of speed does Nikki have that they were the ones who were able to blast away from a 155 girl? I mean, uh, I've run 300 reps with Nikki where we run like 40 seconds, you know, like, and it's not hard. Uh, I think Nikki just has the most experience with 403 races. They've run a ton of those. And that's when, you know, I was, if it's something comfortable and familiar to Nikki, like Nikki's going to crush that every single time. And like, I think Nikki's a 357 runner right now. They just don't have that many races. It's, that's why we're thinking like, oh, if it's a sub four race, it's going to go to Sinclair or Corey because they've run so many of them. Um, and Nikki also just loves performing in front of a bunch of people. Like just totally lives off of the energy of, of a crowd We saw the like cameras this. out there yeah. even this afternoon. Mac and I did a little workout and Nikki was doing their shakeout and the camera crew, the bright lights. Yeah. It, you know, that's when it matters most to step up. And in this scenario, they did. Yeah. But now the, I guess the, the question shifts to who is our team? Yeah, right, because... So Are we going through this mess again? Uh, it's not it, as complicated. It's not as complicated because this one ultimately comes down to does, does I think Mo want a double in the 800 and 1500 well, at the World Championship? She said this was supposed to be a workout, though. But also, I feel to as you? though... Yeah, she, she... No, she said that during the, the first time she right. read it. She was like... Bobby was like, if we don't have to run 800s, then, like, we're not going to do that. And he was... He told her that he was literally just trying to get her to run longer than two minutes. Yeah. And that's yeah. why he put her in the 15. No, I think things I mean, changed. But also, know. like, it's like she ran really well, and I think she can PR again, but, like, that, that that's not going to podium. Yeah, she's they, not going to medal against Faith. She, she said it. But she did say today that if she wanted to have a buddy, it would be Faith Kip Yagon because she wants to run world records with her, so... Well, I in the post race interview, first off, a thing said she can break four, like she's confident. But really, she had a ton of fun, and I think when you think about like the history of a thing and her relationship with running, which she's definitely shared with everyone Did quite a, a bit this year. Brandon Miller had said like she grew up running the mile fifteen. Yeah, but uh, like I think, and the difference is when you win an Olympic gold medal at the age that she did. Now for the last two years all the eyes and pressure on her in every single race. And she said it had been such a long time since she had a race that she just didn't feel any pressure. And that was the 1500 for her. And that is why she had so much fun. So when you just think about some of her previous comments that she's made this year mm -hmm. about, you know, how much fun she's having with running and or not having fun at times, the, the idea of doing something totally different that is not as much pressure and just new and exciting I do think that she ends yeah. up running the double. I I could see it. I kind of want I I want to see it. Uh, mainly because you know when a lot of people were giving a thing crap for not racing until the New York City Grand Prix, 
I mean, I think it was Caitlin getting the first interview since then and asking, like, where have you been? Like, what have you been up to? And she was like, you know, I mean, like, the last two years have just been, like, this rapid ascent into, you know, the U.S. distance running world where uh, she's this star and this spotlight has been put on her for so so long. And I think it's cool that she's mixing things up and keeping it interesting. Like, you don't want one of the biggest stars in the sport to get bored. And that's, I, I think... Let's, yeah. let's test this out. Such a good problem to have. I'm <laughs> yeah. so good. It's boring. We need to take a look at the Budapest schedule as well because if the schedule allows it or if the 800 is first, yeah, the 1500 second is a like, no-brainer. Why wouldn't you enter the 1500? Yeah, I'm going to try and pull that up. If I'm Sinclair, though, yeah. even if declared, you're, you go to Budapest and you hang out as the alternate, you know, like yeah. – that, that's why we She's sitting four. in drug testing right now, potentially, yeah. all team processing. That's one of the most cruel things in this sport, but it's it's necessary. Um, I have one last note on Nikki that I feel like we can't miss that they talked about was that Nikki has not done that many Diamond League races. And last summer, um, they go, after USA's, all I've done since then is win races. And I stayed domestically, and I've won, and I know what winning feels like, and... They were talking about Coach Taylor actually said the most addicting drug is winning. And they're like, yeah, it is. And I think Nikki has the special talent to know how to win. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a great way to build confidence, too. It's like you can go to Diamond Leagues, get your ass kicked, run fast, and be like, oh, that's good, right? I know I came in seventh, but the time was fast. Or you can you know, maybe run slightly less competitive races and keep winning and be like, I'm invincible. Yeah. Uh heck of a race lived up to the hype crowd went wild good yeah. good uh pretty good stadium today right yep so the attendance numbers for today uh ticketed spectator count was 8,965 weekends I mean we so wasn't... close to 9,000 yeah we couldn't find 35, 35 people um all right next up where are we going Chris take well, us somewhere Let's let's talk about the women's four hundred because that you were one of the loudest people <laughs> in Hayward Field. Can we talk about Caitlin's introduction? Oh yeah. So hold on. Let's. I it, I realize that there have been few occasions when we've been out there with Caitlin watching races, <laughs> and it's a lot of fun because you know we're all we split the duties in the mix zone getting interviews, but. We were all very interested to see what was Sydney McLaughlin Lavroni going to do. And all of a sudden, I hear, let's go, Sid. Let's go, Sid. And I was like, oh, that's Caitlin. Very, it's clear. <laughs> and then she goes, let's go, Britain. You got this, Britain. And then after that, it was like, three-stripe life, Talitha, <laughs> who turned pro earlier in the day. And then she is just running down from, like, lane one to lane eight. Friends with everyone. Everyone who <laughs> is in the field. Caitlin's everyone's bestie. I said to, you know, Kyle and I are diehard Yankee fans in the Bronx, in the in the bleachers. The bleacher creatures cheer everyone's bleacher name. Bleacher creatures? Yeah. They don't, they, don't, they don't stop chanting the person's name until they get an acknowledgement. So I thought that that's what we were going to have. That would be hands. very, yeah. Like, well, Talitha, acknowledge me. Yeah, so we need to, I think, like, you know. Potentially, it's something like the Prefontaine Classic. If we have, you know, a fan zone or something like that, a super fan zone, that we would test something out like this. Like, you don't stop cheering someone's name until they acknowledge you. I want you to know that I will be the loudest person in the stadium, and it happens every track meet without fail. Well, Talitha was like, because somebody else asked her when she came to the mix zone, 
and I think it was Demetra. She was like, Talitha, did you hear Caitlyn? And she was like, oh, yeah. And I started cracking up because it was like, I'm trying to lock in and like she's cheering for me. I was like, yeah, girl. Once we once we figure out we family, we locked in for life. Like, it's a wrap. I'm cheering for you all up and down that track. So, yeah. Also very loud when Sydney crossed the line in 474. Because, I mean, because that's low-key my cousin, too. We both went to Kentucky. Like, I'm trying to tell y'all. Y'all think it's crazy. But, yeah. So, we you were so invested in this race that, like, last year at Worlds, we had you filming yourself watching the 400-meter hurdle final. That didn't happen today. But, like, what was your it. reaction? Because right from the first 200-meter split, 23-24 – just a little bit between Paris and New York, it looked like this I was going to be fast. I was super worried in a good way because the last time Sydney broke the stagger just before the 200, she broke the world record again and almost ran 49 seconds in the hurdles in Budapest. So I'm like... Is she going to do that today? But I think at some point I was like, nah, the pieces are there and she's going to do something great. But I like I don't think the world record is what's going to go down today. I just knew something like spectacular was going to happen. She put all the pieces together, opened up on the entire field like I thought she was going to. But then I started really screaming for Britain because I'm like, OK, her little self, because Britain looks really little, like when she's <laughs> racing against everybody else. I don't know why, but I'm like, oh, there go Britain little self. Like she about to go get it. Um and then Talitha, I remember Lita Col- Irby was in that third position. She for was a in third while, position, but then but the Talitha kick. Talitha kick, but I let me tell y'all what I think it was. I think Talitha was replaying Coach Holloway cursing her out last night, and she was like, "If I don't make this team, it's wraps." And so I'm screaming for her because I'm like, "I don't want you to get cussed out again. You need to make this team." And she figured it out the last couple beaters and. Sydney obviously came across first. We're really, really close to the American record. Um, I want to say T called it. T knew that she was going to run a 48.7. I personally thought that Sydney was going to run like a 49 low because I just felt like she maybe needed one or two more races to do what she does. But, I mean, that's exactly why she's Sydney McLaughlin. She continues to prove everybody right and wrong at the same time. Um, and then Britain getting second was like, yeah, you finally did it. And then Talitha... She is safe from Coach Holloway cursing her out tonight. So it's a great time. I love this team for the world championships. Oh, that 4 by 4 world record. It's going to get us. Well, isn't it like. Well, we just like had really three crazy? women break 50 seconds in one race with. Yeah, but this might be one of those like. I know. That's why records. we want to get it <laughs> oh, so yeah, bad. Of course. Yeah, Dude, yeah. if there is a team that has potential. It's this one. This is the team. Yeah. That no. was a world lead, right? Like nobody else ran the 48 that no, fast. That's a world lead. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, which honestly gets me excited because it's like, you know, there's no Shawnee Miller Weebo contesting the 400 this year because. She's actually kind of she's back to competing. Tap-a-lon. She's doing the heptathlon after giving Three, birth. Four months after having a baby, kind of crazy. But uh, my lady Paulino, who told me in Los Angeles that uh, no miedo, not not scared of uh, Cindy McLaughlin Lavroni. I think 
I'd be a little scared now. <laughs> I, I was a little scared. I don't think she's scared still because I think Marlady wants to run something fast, and now she's got somebody who's really going to put some pressure on her. Like, she definitely did last year, I feel like, too, but I feel like the reason why she's not scared of Sydney is because she knows what Sydney can do, and she knows that if Sydney does what Sydney's going to do, that is in turn going to push her to do something even better. So I think that's why she's not scared of her. I had a little moment where I talked to Sydney's husband, who hilariously was, like, in the mix zone area for no reason. So He's just standing around like, just big as hell. I'm like... <laughs> Like, if you're in life, he's pretty like, handsome. He's very handsome. I was like, Can Do you want to marry him, Kyle? I think he's taken, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I asked him two things. The first was, like, what does Sydney like better, the hurdles or the 400? And he was like, Well, I'm not going to answer that, but the hurdles have a rhythm to them. So it just happens, you know, you have a rhythm, you execute versus the 400, you really have to think a little bit more. And then I said, A lot of people really want to break this world record for the 400. A lot of people want this to change hands. And is that something that you guys talk about? He's like, of course you talk about it. It's the best in the world. Like, that's what you aim for. Like, that's why you do this. And I just like to think about the two of them at home being so cute together, like talking about the world record, <laughs> talking about their big dreams. I thought it was adorable. It's cute. It's cute. Great race on the men's side. This is where, like, you that, know can what? Can I talk about this, please? Uh, go off. Can I talk? Queen, oh, okay, okay. Go off. Okay. Go off. I'm not, I'm not okay, because her. I just want to know, y'all need to know, and I'm mad because this interview in particular, yes, it did get 58 likes on my Twitter today, but y'all need to be blowing it up more. Bryce Deadman, okay? If y'all don't know, y'all about to know. This man was injured for nine weeks in a boot, okay? In a boot. I saw it on his close friends first, okay? That man been injured for a hot minute. So when he came out there yesterday running 44, I was like, what the hell your coach been doing to you? Like... Cause you was just injured like a week or two ago. He was like, "Yeah, I only had like a like a week or two of like full practice," and I was like, "So you were injured for over two months? Only had like a couple weeks of full practice?" Like and he was like, "I didn't even think I was gonna run the fastest I did yesterday." So I'm like, "Okay, forty four seven. I had him on making the team, probably getting third because I didn't really know what his injury was like for him or like how in shape he really was." So I'm watching this race, right? And you already know I'm big Vern all day long. Um, I already told y'all he's winning. <laughs> yes, I told him today. He, oh, speaking of which, kind of tangent, he says he's ready for Wade. He's going to see him in a couple weeks, and he's not scared of him. So that's all I'm going to say. Anyway, going back to Bryce, I'm sitting here like, okay, Bryce is getting out really, really well. Like, this is great. Um, but I'm like, okay, Vern is probably still going to win, and then we're just going to see who's going to get third. Then Bryce is just, like, hailing it home, and I kept getting scared, like, that last 50 meters because I'm like, what if it's, like, foot gives out or something? <laughs> and we're just all screwed. It's not funny. Um, and then he just holds off, and he gets first. And I'm like, oh, my God. That was probably the loudest I was in the stadium because I'm like. Because you're having intrusive thoughts about it. <laughs> because I'm like, yo, like, Bryce is my homie. Like, that's my homie for real. So I'm like, the fact that you was injured for that long and didn't practice that much is still running 44-22. Like, either you're sick or your coach is sick or both of y'all are sick. It's important to note that the reason why Jasmine Todd is not here with us tonight <laughs> is not because she is competing tomorrow, but she had Pure the coldest take of the <laughs> week. Pure embarrassment. Saying, saying that no one would break 45, and instead and we got— five out of the eight guys broke said, screw you, Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> watch me do this. And no, that was insane. And then Vernon had a really great race. Um, for me, this was okay. Don't call me stupid for this. So when <laughs> I'm all right, I'm okay. So no, when Quincy got third, I was like, I don't know, like. That guy seems very familiar, but, like, sometimes I associate names with, like, the races that they run. 
And so I'm sitting here like, yeah, he's a 400 hurdler. And so I'm like, what the hell is going on? Because if you would have said Quincy Hall, like in the 400 hurdles, like it would have clicked. But seeing him make the final in the 400, like that's not unheard of. Like that makes sense. But it just, I just didn't put two and two together. So for him to take the third place spot, I guess it's like super exciting for him because when I was talking to Serenity she was saying like he probably switched over because he dealt with a lot of injuries like while he was hurtling and so this is probably the safest option and that was great because now you third place individual you in the relay pool you going to contest your own medal at Budapest like that's great yeah you know uh, I mean uh, we've been on the Vernon train since last year well that's just I mean this is this is like the beautiful thing about this sport. It's like we just got to know Vernon, and we're like, oh, he's hilarious. So now I root for Vernon, yeah. and that's like, you find your reason to root for your people. <laughs> what and the fuck? Vernon, uh, you know, you always root for Vernon Orwood just because he's a, a fun guy. Hey, real quick, you know something that kind of just is a underlying storyline from this final is just because what the. The top eight are going to be in the relay pool for for Budapest. Uh, Matthew Bowling finishes sixth in forty five seventeen. Three four hundred races here, three PRs. That's his event. It's it's his event. He's excited. He said this was all for fun. Yeah, he said like when when I talked to him when he came through, I didn't really get an interview with him, but I chatted with him on the side, and he was like, "I'm like so happy." Like he was smiling like a lot this time. I'm like, he doesn't hate me. I got a text from Caitlin before New York New York City Grand Prix, and I was like, Caitlin, uh, just you know, here's a list of people to get. And she goes, "I don't know about Matt. Like, I think he hates me." And I was like, "Why?" She was like, "I don't, I just don't know. Like, he never smiles around me." And then like I watched the interview that she did with him in New York, and I was like, "You got him to smile," and she's like. I don't, I don't know. Not really. And then I was like, okay, just keep trying. And then, like, today I guess you finally caught like, that. I'm like, oh, now we're friends. Well, maybe not really. But, like, yeah. Like, he was smiling a lot. And he just said that he's really proud of himself just, like, after the season that he's had to, like, make a team. He said that making the team has been his goal all season. I don't know if it was in the 400 specifically, but being on the USA team was really a part of his dream. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'm in the relay pool. But I'm like, look, you got two options, and you're probably going to be on one of them. You got the mixed 4 by 4 and you just have the the regular men's four by four and so i think he's just excited to go to budapest and just you know after the season he's had show himself off. i think matt's a good example of someone who is like good enough at the 100 200 that he was able to stay in it and especially from like a college perspective of we need to get a lot of points so you're going to do the 100 and the 200 the long jump the four by four maybe at the end yeah it was not needed to move up, because in college you're able to be competitive enough. But I think for him to really excel on the world stage, like the 400, yeah, it's his calling. Might be the calling. Um, all right, let's move to the. Let's just knock out some semifinals that happened towards the end of the day, because we'll talk about them really quick. No big shocks in either one of the uh, the women's or the men's 400 meter semifinals. We had Dalila Muhammad clocking the fastest time of the day and it's actually a good thing to see because she said she was dealing with like a torn calf and some uh, back injury so you know that's a good sign heading into to the final Shamir Little 5484 won her heat Anna Cockrell Cassandra Tate the usual suspects are are in it um any surprise Galen um no surprises I just felt like a couple 
people looked a little like not like themselves or like super smooth while racing but i guess it doesn't matter if you can get yourself into the final and clean it up tomorrow but nah everybody looked like they were they supposed to be and mm-hmm. i'm really excited for delilah because most of the season hasn't been like super super great for her in terms of like how she's looked form wise or like the times that she's been running so I mean, even though, like, the time wasn't extremely spectacular, which it doesn't need to be, she looked the best that she's looked all season today in the 400 hurdles and just in general. So I'm excited. Then on the men's side, C.J. Allen uh, wins the first heat. Right behind him, Trevor Bassett, uh, David Kedzera. Um, and on the second heat, Ry Benjamin, Khalifa Rosser. Again, all the usual suspects, no big surprises. Yeah, I mean, honestly... The- Trevor had me nervous up until today. I think the way that he looked earlier in the season, the prelim was like, all right. And then today it was like, there he, he is. He looked so yep. much better today. He looked smooth. Yesterday was stressful. I was like, is he hurt? Like, what's happening? It, he like actually didn't seem like himself at all. And I feel like when he came through the mix zone too, he felt like he could breathe a little bit. It was like, I feel like myself. This is clicking. Mm-hmm. I looked better today. Yeah. I, Trevor, I feel like, as a guy who wishes that the sport had press conferences because he would just live for a press conference, just pointing at people. What do you want to ask me? What do you want to ask me? Like he <laughs> Trevor just stays lives for, for every the camera. He hangs out and watches yeah. a couple races after. He's, full disclosure, we root for Trevor <laughs> because his fiance makes our graphic. His wife. Yeah, his wife. Oh, wife. Sorry. Yeah, his wife. What year is, is it? Sorry. Yeah, his wife is uh, on our graphic design team. and she, so. so that schedule that everyone is screenshotting and, and scrolling through over the last couple of days to know what time things are. Team Bassett. It's Team Bassett. So if you really like the schedule, you're rooting a little extra harder for uh, Trevor <laughs> in the final. Uh, Rye Benjamin did stop and talk to the media today and – I mean, he opened up that, like, yeah, this year has been super turbulent for him. Uh, Injured after Doha. Had to go all the way out to Germany to see Dr. Hans Müller, who, like, if people... The thing for the people listening, when when you hear an athlete say like, "Oh, I went to Germany to go see a doctor," there just happens to be this one doctor who works his magic on everyone from Usain Bolt to Kobe Bryant. and a bunch of track athletes also uh, go to him. And so Rye did that in, you know, at some point in the season. He has been training with Isaiah Jewett, doing a lot of 800-meter work. Um, he said he had uh, a really big 800-meter buildup in the fall, and I couldn't bring myself to, to ask him, you know, what could he run for an 800? Because that's he wasn't in really kind of like the highest of spirits because he had a friend that uh, passed away. And he caught COVID for the second time, I think. Uh, so a myriad of just, like, really lots of bad luck, I guess, for, for Rye Benjamin. But fastest time of the day, he said the goal is not, you know, chase a big time or anything like that. It's just just make the team. Rye Benjamin comes in the next zone with no bib number on, no hip numbers. Dude, Do we even know that that paper. was the real yeah. Rye Benjamin? <laughs> it was the headband gave it away. <laughs> the headband gave it away. Um, all right, let's switch gears here to the women's 100-meter hurdles. <sighs> Caitlin, emotional. It's so emotional because... I mean, literally every single woman who came through the mix zone that didn't make this team was crying. I literally told yeah, Dana that today. That I literally over. said that. She's like, they looked like someone, like, stole their dog. Like, it was really bad. And I think it it was somebody from some other, like, news um, station. But he was talking to Kenny. He was like, 
like nine of the top ten women or like whatever like super important stat it was, like they're from the US. So like how do you wrestle with that when you only have three spots? And I think that's why so many of the women like really felt hard about it. Um like I don't really know exactly I don't really know how to put it into words, but there were just so many people that knew that they could make this team. But when you only have to narrow it down to three folks going to represent your country, it's really hard to do that. But Nia Ali, Kenny Harrison, Masai Russell, um, all three of them are super confident about that being the core group going to take on the world championship. I told Nia specifically, I said, I don't know what y'all got to do. I mean, preferably we want to sweep, but one of y'all need to go get gold because we cannot have this situation happen again um, in the the future uh but it was honestly a really difficult race i'm super sad for lay because you know she was calling her shot all year like she's gonna make this team and she lost but i don't even know what hundreds that is but her and Masai essentially ran the same time and like this is not to like crap on her because i know she's already feeling super bad about it because this is something that she's been beating herself up over all year but i think she would have had it if she did not look to her side and it wasn't even a small look like she she whipped her neck. I, like, it was It was really, I think that's what kind of got it for her. And I think that might also be part of the reason why she's so sad because it's like to lose a spot over something that you know that you had to fix and that you've been working your ass off to fix. Like, I know that hurts. I know that hurts. This Nia Ali win, I mean, I feel like, what? If you pulled a room of 10 people... Five people maybe would have called it. It's like Kenny Harrison would have come in I mean, as a Tiana heavy Tiana Bartolotta called it. She was on Twitter talking about saying, y'all better stop betting against her. Yeah, I mean, like, for you, were you any any part of you surprised? No, I mean, it's not that I didn't think that she could do it, but it's like my top two were going to be, like, Kenny and Lay, and, like, they were going to get one, too. And then, like, the third person was, like, whoever was going to be. So, like, I didn't have an issue with, like, Nia being that third person. But did I pick her to win? No. Yeah, coming into this. Her season's best was twelve fifty three from April, mm-hmm. and she she said that she knew that something like that, even twelve four, um, wasn't gonna cut it if she wanted to make this team. And so she was constantly telling herself like, "You need to lock in and you need to focus if this is something that you want to do." And I guess she locked in so well that she ended up coming out with a gold medal. So, I mean, it does not get enough credit for like just her status in the U.S. hundred meter hurdles, world champ in mm-hmm. two thousand nineteen. Two world indoor titles, Olympic silver medal from 2016. Yeah. She was a part of that sweep, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not that anybody thinks that it's not like it's not capable for her, but it was it was just like, damn, like like you did it. Like like you here. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Um in the men's hurdles, Grant Holloway and Cordell Tinch uh tie for the fastest time of the day. I think Grant slightly slightly yeah. gets it. Uh, you know they kind of built the same. They're they seem <laughs> big fellas. You know, like I could say this about Grant, but maybe not Cordell because you know we're not that cool yet. But Grant has like a really big head, and like Cordell kind of do too, and they both like really long and lanky. <laughs> and yeah, sorry Cordell if you listen to this, we're gonna be friends at some point. So you know you just no, gotta get used to it. it off. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I was talking so much mess about Grant. I said his feet stank. I said his feet was big. Like, I was going off on him today. But, yeah, that was really awesome. And Cordell says he's really excited to race Grant. He hasn't had a chance to race him all year. He said there was one time this year where he was supposed to race him, and it didn't happen. But he says he's super, super excited. Um, 
I think he should be too because that race looked way too easy today. If you're Grant and you draw Cordell, I guess they wouldn't because they just ran the two fastest times. But so this hypothetical goes out the window. But like, if you're set up to race him potentially in the final, you already have the buy. Like, I would keep the cards close to your chest and just not race the final. Crazy move. Of course you race the final. Really? Grant Cordell. said he don't know. He said he, he Man, you gotta race the final. Right now, there's so much attention on Cordell Tinch after what he's done recently and the Bowerman snub to running the world lead. If I'm Grant, I'm going out, I'm winning the US I, final, and I'm saying, I'm still the man. Do not forget this. And for the next fifty days, make sure people do not forget. I Grants, if you watched our own video, Kyle, he said he's only got to win one race this year, and it's the one at World Championships. I know, but I don't think he's going to put as thing. much stock. It's momentum, I believe. I don't think your momentum takes a dip if you just like, all right, you got. You no, but up. now you're giving the momentum. You're giving it. What if Cordell he goes was out in and runs such a good mindset that he was seven. just like, you know what? He, he, that would be a little bit. That would be a big move for sure. But he said. This happens every year in the in the hurdles. It was Trey, you know, that with all this momentum going into last year. Before it was him in that position in, in at the Olympic trials year. I don't think Grant puts as much stock in the U.S. championships. He just has a silly grand old time every single time. Like how last year he was like, yeah, I'm going to be in the finals, and then I'm walking up in the stands of the stadium, and he's damn near sitting next to me. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to be on the track right now? And he's like, shh. But either way, um, can we talk a little bit about Cordell some more? Because he had to literally run back and forth between the hurdles and long jump. He like, said he had a minute and a half after that hurdle race to then go mm -hmm. and get his next jump. He ultimately finished fifth in the long jump. But this is a good transition. So he jumped eight meters. and Which is great. You know, the, the <laughs> being able to jump back and forth, um, you know, it's, it, it's a, he's an athlete. He could do the high jump as well if he wanted. But uh, Jasmine, caller, calling in. Wait, doesn't Jasmine he do the high jump? Report. Come on in. He does, not, he's not answering the high jump here, but he does do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, I can read Jasmine's text. Yeah, I us. mean, I, I can also, yeah, go you read, can't read. Um, <laughs> She said that Cordell came over from the hurdles, so I can't help but wonder if he would have had a little bit more gas in the tank if he uh, didn't have to head over immediately after running the hurdles. So I'm hoping... That this doesn't affect his performance for tomorrow. Horizontal jumps are hard on your body, but thankfully he's young. And then, you know. Well, I'll, I'll describe, I guess, Marquise Dendy, who the has, has been through hell and back in order to come and first jump out, 814, U.S. champion. Yeah. Bucket hat. Mask. Oh, I didn't see. He had a very interesting black kind of vented plastic. He was locked oh. in. He was pretty badass. I love that. Um, uh, but the, the big thing here was Jarian Lawson blew out his knee last year while training in Chula Vista on the sixth and final jump. What? Chula Vista? Vista. Chula California. Um, <laughs> Where Jasmine training. trains. Yeah. Um, he, on the sixth final jump, makes it 813 knocking Stefan McCarter off his podium spot to take second and qualify for Budapest. So quite the comeback, both since last year in Chila Vista, and then now on the team. Chila Vista is Javon Harrison finished third in 808. I mean, 
I love seeing Marquise Dendy back. And the fact that he's got a number two next to his uh, world ranking, uh, to see him with a world championship medal around his neck in Budapest, that'd be amazing. Let's do it. What's the relationship again? Remind me of you and him. Were you guys on the same team? Yeah, we were on a junior team together. Yeah. yeah. Was it the same junior team that Mac participated on in 2009? No. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Um, all right, let's move over really quick. Let's just run through the top three in each one of the uh, throws that took place today. Big throws, guys, segment taking place. Uh, Rudy Winkler takes the win in the hammer throw. Daniel Haw, second. Uh, and Alex Young, third. That is your team uh, for Budapest. All three of them have the world ranking. Rudy has the world championship standard. So uh, I believe this is the second team for, for Daniel Haw. Can we touch uh, this pole vault? Yeah, let's go for it. So Chris um, Nielsen with the win, but a shock of the rest of the team. I mean, Casey Lightfoot set an American record mm -hmm. earlier this season and is not on the team. I mean, th I feel like there was conversation that he would be someone that could really put pressure on Mondo yeah. if, if Mondo is not at his absolute best, obviously. But 607, that's a good height and not on the team. No, that is... Um. The dramatics and the reality of the U.S. championships. You have to perform on this day. Nothing is guaranteed. Uh, Zach McWhorter, who achieved the world championship standard today with a personal best of 586, ends up getting the second spot. And then Zach Bradford, who has the world ranking, takes the third spot. Um, Zach McWhorter is like the one that I think was a little bit of a head scratcher to, to a lot of people looking at the results. Kyle, what have you been able to, to dig up on our guy? I mean, I, I think uh, there's a really cool story here. He dropped out of Duke and went backpacking in Indonesia <laughs> for a little while <laughs> at some point and uh, basically questioned what he wanted to do next in the sport and ultimately, you know, made the decision to return. And, you know, up to this point in this season, you know, he, I just – this kind of came out of nowhere this outdoor season of how good of a jump it was. Um, I do have, I guess, intel coming in via text message right now that Casey hurt his hamstring and had mm. to retire. Mm. Um, so that's why he's not on the team. As well, Sam Kendrick's also not on the team. But opening up for what's a pretty cool story in Zach and Quarter. Retire the event. Yeah, right. not he, he'll be back. <laughs> yeah. He's just done. Yeah. <laughs> One hamstring. Can we switch to women's shot put real quick? Yeah, let's go for it. Chase Ely, world number one, has the bye, but would not have made this team coming in fourth today. So it would have been a little a, bit of a surprise, yeah. Would have been a big upset. Chase came to the mix zone and said, I've had very tough past couple months. I haven't really seen my coach. I've been traveling too much. I've had some family stuff dealing with. Seemed like they were excited to go home and reset and regroup, have the 50 days to get back to that world number one spot. But Maggie Ewan takes the win in 1992. Adelia Aquia comes in second, and Jelani Davis from Mississippi in third. And, of course, we're missing um, Raven Saunders, who is uneligible this year. So, but you we're, know. We're sending four. We're sending four. Yeah, we're sending four, but I, I'm seeing here, Jelani Davis doesn't have the standard. She has the ranking. Okay. She'd be good. She's currently ranked 26 before this. Mm-hmm. So, I think we're good. Okay. Now, javelin throw, Curtis Thompson takes the win in a season's best of 80.92 uh, meters. Then uh, Capers-Williamson 
second. Mark Anthony Minicello was third. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not as up to date on the javelin, but it looks like Capers has the world ranking, and so does Mark. So that is your team for the world championship. Now the big finals, the steeplechase. Wait, 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 wait! <laughs> wait what do we, I jump over? The women's 200 and the Ooh. men's 200 first round. Oh, so I was gonna save that for predictions as, to to wrap us up. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. All right, I can jump in for steeple. All right. Wait before before we jump to the steeplechase, because we have <laughs> some Under Armour athletes involved. Kyle, what do you got in your hands there? It's the Under Armour Flow Velocity Elite. I hear Isaac Updike wears these all the time. Yeah. Um, great shoe, getting some good miles in them. The it's the shoe that won the New York City Marathon. Yeah. On the feet of Sharon Lochetti. Wayne has won multiple road races in these guys. Rips workouts in them. Beautiful shoe. Good looking. Be giving them away on the streets of Eugene all week. Would you here's here's a quick little thing that I just thought up. Would you chug an Olipop out of uh the Flow Velocity Elite? I think the Flow Velocity Elite are a little too nice of a shoe. <laughs> I like, think they're also too breathable. The upper is just so nice. Yeah. <laughs> it would just pour through. We don't we don't know until you try. I don't want to try. <laughs> I wanna wear these when I I can. It's so the morning I, run tomorrow? Yeah. After the morning After run tomorrow. After the morning run tomorrow. Do you think we can make yeah, we'll make somebody at the morning run chug an olipop out of the flow velocity league. just not my pair because i want to wear them <laughs> <laughs> it'll be your pair um all right so let's start with the women's 3000 meter steeplechase all chase. good things must come to an end all good things must come to an end it's and the rain the team it's okay it's okay and uh, in the words of emma, okay. emma coburn doesn't defend her national title it would have been number 11 which is actually insane to say Emma in the mix zone said there's a lot worse things that have have happened in my life than coming second at the US national championship I am going to just kind of push back here and say I don't think the headline here is Emma Coburn lost oh. the national I was going to get there title. I was going to say that I think say Chrissy Gear won yeah. very outright like it was I woke up to a text from coach Ben Rosario and Why it's were like you sleeping during the race No 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 not during the race but <laughs> Uh, I, I will admit, I was sleeping on, on Chrissy Gear. Oh, I was not. It I'll was, tell you that. And it was kind of sucks. And I was kind of, <laughs> I I don't know, like, I, I looked at Waymint, I guess, in my surprises, I was very high on Maddie Boardman, who ends up finishing 11th. So I don't look as smart as you with your Cravon uh, pick. But I wasn't as brave was, to pick Chrissy to beat Emma, but I know Chrissy's kick, she's Beaten Courtney Wayman this season. We saw her in Boston win the road mile. Just has this explosiveness. When she came to the mix zone, she's like, my heroes. Like, I'm a 1,500 meter runner at heart. Like, I'm just doing this event. It's new and I'm good at it. But she's like, I want to be an Anna Willard. I want to be a Jenny Simpson. Like, I want to be really, really good at both. And I knew I had that extra gear. And she was like, I felt bad passing Emma. She's oh. like, she's my hero. I felt bad passing her. Anna Willard and Jenny Simpson are good examples of people who steepled and then stopped. But with 150 to go as Chrissy was coming up on Emma, it was very obvious that Chrissy had popped so much in the legs. So, so far this season, her steeplechase PR, she came into the year having run 938 back in 2021 and then... We saw her out at Mount Sac and ran 9.23, big PR. Uh, and then after that, 
just kind of uh, that's the only one that we saw today, right? Uh, before this, that was the only steeplechase performance by Chrissy. Or was there one more? The big one was in sound because then from yeah, there, that's the only one. It was like, well, I guess I gotta be a steeplechaser now. Yep. So in in a sense, like I feel like for me, I just hadn't seen enough. And when Ben Rosario texted me. This morning, he just said, Chrissy Gear for the win tonight. Loving the coverage this week. Keep up, keep up the great work. Chrissy knows how to kick over the final was, hurdle. more A file barrier better than anyone else. And Chrissy right. posts some phenomenal fails. Like You should follow Chrissy Gear because they aren't afraid to show fall after fall over sprinting over the barrier. She's like, I feel better when I'm running faster over these last ones. She's like, I kind of messed up. The last water barrier, I would have started my kick earlier, but I can't do it on both legs. She's like, so I stuttered. Because then after that, I knew I was good. She is just taking chunks off of this uh, steeplechase PR. Like, where does this go? Where do we go from nine twelve now? We're getting into dangerous territory. Yeah, dangerous <laughs> oh, territory from here. But I also just pretty cool how quick. The field ran. Yeah. I, mean. I think I also need, well, really, really like to shout out Marissa Howard. She had a baby 13 months ago and came back placing fifth. was looking super strong. I think that's phenomenal. And I really like to see our strong U.S. women's steep field. Like, it was, you know, we had our big three for a while. Things have changed a little bit. But it's good to see the sport progressing again, having the whole field run fast. Yeah. So, for the people wondering, where was Courtney Frerix after she uh, advanced to the from the semifinal into this into this race? Uh, in that semi during the fall, she kind of tweaked and felt some discomfort in the same ankle that she had surgery on, and so made the call right before uh, the meet started that she wasn't going to race. And it's a little weird not having the Olympic silver medalist and like. The someone who has made the t every single team since 2015, but that's what happens in this sport. Time goes on and weird injuries happen. So the team is Chrissy Gear, Emma Coburn, Courtney Wayman. Strong team. Crowd loved it. Yeah. But the crowd went really wild during the men's race. Yeah. So dramatics unfolded in the men's steeplechase as Kenneth Rooks from BYU took a tumble very early on on the backstretch. Um, KT taped up. Max, Max's big thing is if you got KT tape on the line, he doesn't normally pick you. But could it always, I guess, like, could, you could always bluff. If Max in your race, you KT up to, to throw Mac yeah. off and play. Just KT him. tape on random parts of your body that don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember those wind tape, that like the tape when Galen showed up to the 2016 Olympic trials with like all that extra tape, and was like, I don't think it's making that. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by. Yeah. Um, so then, Kenneth Brooks <laughs> just storms back in that final lap over that final water barrier. Still had not been like with the leaders. He was decently far back with yeah, a lap to go. Rallied, and it was. Mason Furlick, who was pushing it from the front, and the final hurdle for Mason just wasn't enough against someone who Isaac Updike is just a really, really good hurdler. Makes the pass. Bernard Keeter, who made the team last year, is the only man from who has world championship experience with the United States. Returns and clocks a personal best of eight seventeen. Uh, so we have three guys go under. You know, eight eighteen making the team, uh, two of the three with personal best today. Uh, overall, like Kenneth Brooks is still so young on the scene that like I'm excited to see what he can do uh, in a similar sense to like 
Jordy Beamish going out to uh, the Stockholm Diamond League and competing against the likes of you know El Bacali, hoping that that level of talent drags him to a faster time. We're gonna f- the, the U.S. Championships were that for Kenneth Rooks, and now we get to see that elevated a little bit more with the World Championships. Can we talk about Isaac Updike a bit? My former you used training to partner. train with him, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think and I. It's interesting Isaac's perspective because I think for a really long time we've known his ability and his talent in the steeplechase, but he's had a couple of COVID run-ins and has dealt with some things. He's been dropped by two different shoe companies along the way, and this spring our friends at Under Armour made a bet on him. He came out with, a, I believe, world lead early in the season. This is just a guy who is a true steeplechaser, and I was talking to him about this he doesn't have good 1500 speed and he gets nervous historically in kicking races because he's like i don't have that last lap that other guys do but because of that he always felt the need to lead like it was a a sense of like he just didn't have the confidence to wait until the last lap and so he just kept pushing the pace pushing the pace always and now suddenly he's happy something clicked this year and he's happy to sit back and wait and he said it's different running a hard 400 over hurdles than running a hard 400 at the end of 1500. It's just it's a different event, and I can do this, you know, the one over hurdles really well, and that's what he did today. Isaac's a grinder. I mean, like we, you and I stood in the rain because we really love track and field at the Penn Relays, <laughs> and like we watched him win that race. John Galt wasn't there, and you texted him. It's <laughs> like if you really love track and field, you would be out here. But uh, no, I, this moment was coming for Isaac. He was so close. He had so much momentum in the Olympic trials year. And like you said, last year got dealt a bad hand, and now, yeah, he's finally going to get to rock the Team USA kit, which I don't know if it looks as good as, like, the purple Under Armour kit that he was wearing today. Uh, but, no, shout-out to him. The Mission Run Dark Sky uh, account, you know, if you're not following Mission Run underscore Dark Sky to keep up with everything uh, that is taking place with that team out in Flagstaff, they posted a really nice comment saying, this man is the epitome of consistency, work ethic, and class. So stoked. Well, uh, you know, Isaac from Alaska, from Catch Cam, Alaska. Yeah. When was the last time we had someone from Alaska make a global team? That's oh, a trivia uh, question. Intern Owen, if you're watching this, can you look up when was the last time we had someone from Alaska? I mean, uh, we're Team USA. First. Team USA, we got to get all 50 states represented. I don't know the last time that we had an Alaskan on the team. But then he goes and he runs at an NAIA school. Yep. I don't even remember which one. <laughs> and yeah. then um, was spending time here in Eugene, not on OTC, working with Ian Dobson. Came out, NJNY. Now out in flags. He's he's been all over. He's run for so many different brands. He's trained with so many different people, and it just like it feels good that at no point did he quit. And now finally validates all of that work. He Isaac. loves track and fields. Isaac, we thought you'd be joining us, taking a very long time to piss in this cup, <laughs> but we will definitely talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. So I think that does it for the action that took place today. But let's close this out with talking about. The 200s, and it leads into sort of like what are our predictions for the final day of action here. So what was your reaction to seeing what your good old friend Shakira Richardson uh, did? So many thoughts. 
first thing I thought was like, that's what you got to do. Shut them the F up. Can't say that on, you know, got to say the <laughs> F word. You know what I'm saying? Um, Because it was so many people mad at her last night. They like, you ripping off your wig. You ran 10 8. You run slow as dirt. I'm like, since when 10 8 slow as dirt. Who's mad? You, you must not be on the same Twitter. Bro, I'm it was not, somebody. Ar- it was literally somebody trying to argue with me all day. I'm like, I'm about to ignore you. But no. Did my, you respond to them? It was kind of funny. And you don't really let me clap back at people. So I was like, this is the one time I'm about right. to eat them up. But anyway. <laughs> you were like, Chris is too busy right now to even check my, my mentions. I check them like once a day to make sure you're not getting in trouble. Okay, me. well, I might get in trouble for this one. All right, well, <laughs> well what, tell us what happened. What were so you arguing? So this dude about? was like, she was distracting a whole bunch of people and the and the other runners were distracted so i was like so so they called your phone and told you they was distracted okay good for you anyway it, w- it was a whole bunch of mess you can see it on my twitter um but her running 21.6 made me so happy i thought it was win legal so when you came through it was like oh it was a 2.6 i was lucky mad about that but even still again i say i don't care if it's a hurricane wind down your back you still have to execute whether it's Shakira or anybody else so that 21.6 looked really great especially since i don't think she really ran ran through the line either so i feel like she's a pretty great shoe in for this team but the most interesting part about that race is that i have never seen somebody break a stagger on the first step <laughs> like maybe i'm insane but i have never seen nobody break a stagger like that on the first step when i tell you she was out like a pocket rocket it was scary so you just knew from then that like she was gonna do what needed to be done my other thoughts about the 200, Abby, you were scaring me a little bit, but you know I love you real bad, so you know I know you're gonna make this team anyway. Um, but you bad know, bad lane draw, bad lane draw, and I'm also just not used to seeing her like lose. <laughs> I don't care if it's a prelim or not. I'm just like, that's I'm not used to that. Um, and then I think Gabby Thomas is another favorite for a lot of people, and she looked really great on her first round too. She was all smiles coming through the mix zone. Um, I don't know if y'all want my predictions on who's going to make this team. Well, all of that that's so far, and you didn't even mention Jenna Prandini. Oh, Jenna. Well, that's Jasmine's job. Yeah, Jasmine is, like, Jenna's number one hype woman. Okay, well, I'm going to pretend like I'm Jasmine. Well, you know I'm going to talk about my girl, Jenna, because she's Mrs. Make That 10. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jenna is the vet. Jenna been doing what she got to do since me and her was in cradles at Oregon. Like, you don't even know from the cradle to the grave. Like, that's my dog to the day I die. And I don't really care what none of y'all got to say because she either going to make this team by being by being in the 200 or she going to be in this relay pool. And you know what she going to do? She going to make sure that relay get the baton around the track. Period. <laughs> I think I did a good job at that but yeah I think Jenna did uh really well too um it's just another situation maybe not as sad as the women's hundred um where it's just like dang we only got three spots so it is, this this event I'm very excited for tomorrow yeah because Gabby Thomas coming out here for the first time. This is the first race at Hayward since the last time she walked off the track in tears with a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. Talk to her about that. Now she's back and calm, cool, collected an easy 22-28. I... Someone really good is gonna get left off this team. I know. I'm scared because for me personally, um, another person who did really well, who did end up beating Abby, I'm pretty sure that was Tamara Clark. And Tamara yeah. Clark was one second of the second fastest time of the day. She was the second fastest time of the day, and she was one of the women who made it onto the team last year. Um, so like you said, there's gonna be someone really great that's left off, and I, and that's gonna hurt a lot of people's spirits. But at least we can leave Oregon knowing um, on Saturday evening that. 
yet we're going to leave with a super strong team to hopefully break up Team Jamaica. So, yeah. uh, TT also had a good day. Oh, that start was scary. Let me tell y'all what she said. She said, I'm from around the way. I don't care. I'm leaving here with something. She was like, I didn't make the 100, but I'm leaving here with something. So I think that's why she's running the 200 because she's like, y'all going to put me back on this relay. So if I make it in the 200 or not, y'all ain't going to have no choice but to put me back on that 4 by one So um, it was really exciting to see her race today. All right, real quick on the men's 200 side before we are going to get an interview with the one and only Isaac Updike of the UA Mission Run Dark Sky team. And now a member of Team USA. Um, Ben's 200, no surprises. Fred was looking around. I was confused uh, as to why. This is going to sound bad. I didn't know why Christian was running. I be forgetting that he can he run it. He looked amazing, two- though. He did, but I be forgetting that he run a 200 because, like, the 100 is his thing. So, like, <laughs> me personally, like, I'm not trying to sound like, but I, like, that's not his team to make. So I feel like Coach Hall is, like, making him do this as a workout because that's something so that too. Coach Hall would do. I, I don't think there's a... Guarantee he makes a. I, but he, he looked good. Like my chance he ends up making it is going to be a little scary. But I think this is a workout for him. So yeah. Remember the race earlier in the year where him and Toboga just look like if this race <laughs> had been like two hundred and five meters, it looks like. But Christian has figured that's it out. That's why I think he's going to do it. Honestly, he needs that that last ten meters, twenty meters in the hundred. So what better way to do it than double it? Honestly, Coach <laughs> Hall probably is making him do this as punishment because he got second in that first. Yeah. <laughs> a little warm. Up from Arian Knighton. I don't yeah. think he looked quite like himself, but I'm excited mm-hmm. to see how he progresses with this. But it, yeah. oh, I think Arian is just saving it in the tank. But I mean, that's just because Mac and I are like his best friends. But like, I am very excited for what he's going to throw down. I, I think the only one that I'm a little concerned about would maybe be Ken- Kenny. There's been like a couple like health concerns yeah. earlier in the year where he's had to scratch from some races. So, but this one, Fred. You never doubt Fred. I could see it being Arion, Fred, Christian. Woo. But I don't know if Kenny will let that happen. So I think Arion, Fred. Is, Brandon, is, is, is Robert Gregory for real? <laughs> what do you mean? Is he? Like, he, he's like... Re- that it was an, uh, the fastest time of the day. Like, dude, he's from Flo- like he goes to Florida. So like, what's the you ask ask that question to Bobo and see what his answer is. All right, Bobo won't make videos for us anymore. Don't ask. <laughs> Don't him ask. Him. Right. He's for real. <laughs> All right, he's for real. Let's get uh, Isaac. Oh, I thought you wanted predictions. Give me your predictions. All right, predictions uh, for who's making this team for the women. Um, Gabby, Abby, Shakari. Not in that order. Uh, I won't tell you the order. Uh, And then for the men's, uh, Frederick, Arion. And Robert Gregory. Roberts, Gregor. Yeah, that's what I'm going with, too. Yeah. But I'm not going that order. I'm going Arion, Fred, Robert Gregory then. Oh, you think Arion's beating Fred? Yeah. You think? Oh. Oh, I just I want you to know loses. all of Team USA is going to come at you with pitchforks because I had to ask him a question today. Who was going to win the men's 100 meter in Budapest? And 99% of people said Fred. So if you're betting against him, just know Team USA is coming knocking on your I'm door. I'm not necessarily betting against Fred. I just think like this is Ariane's event. You're allowed to pick Ariane. Yeah. Don't I don't, I don't, do no, that. Kyle, I don't think you understand. The pitchforks are coming. Get off my set. <laughs> <Caitlin>. <laughs> Goodbye. Get with that. This has been fun. All right. And now. I haven't seen Isaac since he qualified for Team USA. It's a whole other per- new person. Hey, Isaac. Hey, guys. All right, everyone <laughs> in the house, clap it up for Isaac Updike. Hey! 
the name of your college again? <laughs> uh, Eastern Oregon. Eastern Oregon. Okay. I thought it was Western. Yeah. No, it was not. Uh, how, how are you feeling? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm like 70, 80 fluid ounces deep <laughs> on water. Wow. I'm going to have to pee pretty shortly. Yeah. Okay. How do you feel, man? You made it. Yeah, it's, I mean, I feel like I've been so close for so long, or not so long, a couple of years now, um, that it, it feels like it's finally just clicked. It doesn't, you know, like I, I've been confident that I've been close to making the team of having the lines up, and it just hasn't. Um, so it's not like some crazy uh, over-the-moon, like shot-in-the-dark feeling. It just feels like, like you know, gratifying and, and solidifies all the work and training that I've done over the past couple of years. So this year, some changes. You joined UA Mission Run, Dark Sky. Yes. I mean, was you were so close with Tommy. I mean, mm-hmm. was there, is there still a little bit of, like, a collaboration? Yeah, there? yeah, like, he's right out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, this whole year in general, like, leading up to this point, like, what? Uh, how did you deal with some of these changes? You did spend a lot of time in Flagstaff while you were with Empire League. Yeah, too, so I moved to Flagstaff um, and kind of based out of there full-time for the past uh, year and a half. Uh, so I... I worked out with Hass's group and the Under Armour guys um, for, for quite a while now. So I knew that like that fit would work um, before we ever went down the road of looking at um, the team being a reality. Um, and Hass and, you know, by that mark, Hass and Tommy have both communicated a lot um, to just make sure workouts were working and, and how I went and how I, you know, because Tommy was kind of writing stuff and Hass was like boots on the ground, right? The eyes. And, and uh, um, so it was pretty fluid um and i mean i made the team so yeah. you know that's like the thing you want right i it, it it's never easy to to leave something that you like trust um but i knew that i needed if i was going to make a change it had to happen sooner because you don't want that to happen next year during the olympic cycle um so to have changed things this year and it still work is a good sign of both both guys was there a mental click that is really the difference here in the last few years? Is it, is it or is it purely physical? You didn't have COVID this time, or you know? <laughs> I mean, that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I tend to like tend to f- kind of front run and just like send it uh, in the past. Um, and not that I have, didn't send it tonight, but uh, this year well, I, I kind of approached races a little more tactically and a little more, I, I trusted my foot speed over hurdles. I, I tend to, knows. I was just saying um, all this, but yeah, it's better when you say it. Yeah. I, I, I really, uh, everyone on engine Y was always dogging on me for, I was not confident in my foot speed, um, because I trained with a lot of 15 guys and, uh, um, so I'd get dusted in twos and threes and fours. Um, but then when you start fives and sixes, five, yeah, 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 and, and K's and miles and, uh, but yeah, when you started uh, applying hurdles, I, I just, yeah, I doubted myself quite a bit. Um, and, uh, this year was probably the first year that I was confident going into basically every race that like I had some of the top foot speed over the last quarter mile. Um, and, uh, so I would just trust that I had that regardless if it was a hundred meters to go or, t- you know, like 160 tonight. Like I was like, I know that I'm better over the hurdles. So just be better over the hurdles. Not that you have to be the spokesperson for all those kids who go to NAIA schools, <laughs> NAIA schools, maybe don't have a, a perfect setup immediately after yeah. graduating, yeah. have to figure things out, shift things a lot. You're yeah. now what? 30, 31. 31. Yeah. Like you just decided to stick with it. 
why? And yeah, like, that's a great question. Why did I you was, decide to stick with um, it? And I finally have an answer. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I left college, you know, eight forty seven, uh, four twenty one mile, uh, like nothing that says you're going to be able to run pro. Um, but it just felt like I enjoyed running. I had a group of, uh, friends that also enjoyed running and we all wanted to thought we weren't at our ceilings. And that was really like at the core of it. That was it. We just wanted to see how much better we could get what our top end was. Um, and then things just progressed like small goal after small goal after small goal. Um, and then you fast forward seven years and small goal making the team. <laughs> seven years. Like even with like some of the, on the backside of things, the contracts and like dro- getting dropped and, and all this stuff, like, at, the, at times, like, what were some of the biggest sacrifices you had to make along the way to just stay in it? Um, you ate at a high school dining hall a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to the masters. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, working right. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you sacrifice uh, maybe some doubles uh, and and maybe some quality sleep. But I got real efficient at being able to take like 13 minute naps between workouts and starting my shift at Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, and uh, Mythbusters proved that's good. That works. Uh, um, and and then you know like the the normal things that you miss, whether it be weddings or funerals or, or stuff like that, that uh, you, you sacrifice to you know that in the moment you kind of question it, right? Um, and even still, now he may have some doubts but at least this helps kind of justify uh all those take us through the final 200 of this race (laughs) yeah it was tight um it was tight yeah i um you know i we got a glimpse of the women's race while we were under and i saw three women that had broken away and i was like that'd be nice (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i should do that i'm like i hope someone takes that and i'm just one of the three um and then as the race progressed, it, it you know, obviously wasn't. It felt kind of like the prelim where it was like I'd look up at the screen and there'd be like, I'd be like, I, I don't know where I am, but there's like 15 of us there. And there's only 14 people in the race. Um, so I just, uh, has to talk to me before the race and, and was just like, just be confident and trust like that you have the, the foot speed over the last, you know, lap. And you don't have to be the one to make the move. You just have to be able to respond to the move and be there to make the last move. Right. Um, and uh, I think Mason had gone around me um, and I was like, well, like, just don't freak out. And it's kind of a funny attitude to have with 180 meters to go where you're like, just get him on the next barrier. Um, and so I was just like, you know, I swung a little wide and attacked that barrier and just had like, just, yeah, just, you know, all that training and everything, like all the beaten yeah. the head uh, clicked. And yeah, I I noticed just how wide you went on that over that last barrier, and like, how much time do you have to make that decision? Um, I mean, I'm pretty used to going wide over the barriers and water pits. I like that's that's my strength yeah. is I'm pretty efficient and I'm pretty tight um, over the water pit and the barriers. So I like tend to always flare wide because I usually end up either running up onto someone or kind of squaring up next to them over like really hurtling um so if i like it's just an instinct to kind of go wide because i tend to be like over and back on the on the track <laughs> tommy you come you want to you want to yeah, yeah, yeah. oh you want to talk <laughs> you can oh, sit tommy sit down oh <laughs> uh, yeah so that, that was yeah i forgot what we were talking about i heard of but tommy's yeah, yeah. here now um 
What, what was that? No, the hurdling at the end, but you're good. Yeah, yeah. That, that's basically it. It's yeah. like, that's my strength, and I kind of leaned into that today. Um, and it wasn't, I mean, obviously winning would be great, but I wasn't like, this is my first team that I've ever had like a, a real strong, confident attitude I could make. And uh, so I was like, first or third, like, it doesn't matter. You just, you, you know, you get, get there. Yeah. Tommy? How happy are you right now? I'm happy. <laughs> Into the mic, Tommy. I like redemption. Into the mic. Into the oh, mic. sorry. I'm happy. I, I like redemption, and, um, you know, I've watched this this guy, you know, work his ass off for how long? Uh, we, I mean, we've been together since 20, basically the end of 27, 2018, 2017. Yeah. I was talking and to you. At, yeah. yeah. And then before that, you were here working in... Dicks and working in Fred Meyer <laughs> and like, you know, yeah. so let's let's yeah, like yeah. really keep it real. Like it's been a journey for this guy, yeah, and yeah. to see him do what he did today and execute the way he did, it was a beautiful thing. Thank you. Beautiful I think thing. a cool thing, Tommy, is like the parallels of your careers in some ways right now, because like you were very much doing the grind that Isaac is now doing as a, a true steeplechaser in order to you know be the guy who's sitting in the seat making a, a world's team. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this is so many things that had to go right for Isaac. I mean, the last two years between having COVID last year, you know, having a knee injury in the fall that, like, required, like, you know, how many POP injections? It was a couple. Yeah, a couple. Yeah. And then, you know, last year was a tough pill to swallow. And then the year before with 2021 and just, you know, just missing it. So, again, like, for him to put it all together and for all the people that were involved it and, and see that happen. And, you know, everybody knows Isaac. He's just, <laughs> you know, a great guy and everybody was pulling for him. So it was really nice to see it. I mean, happen. you've gone, uh, we, we heard from Isaac and some of the sacrifices that he made, but you as well have made a number of sacrifices in order to be jumping back and forth between New York and Flagstaff. How many times in order to be there to, you know, Help coach through workouts. And he put me in a camper in his driveway. <laughs> he put, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Isaac mooching off uh, Kim's meals, you know. Yeah. So I, I guess even for you, like, how validating does this feel for the sacrifices that you guys both made? Um, you know, for me, like, I'll do whatever it takes, you know, to help this guy and anybody that, you know, that our team believes in and that I believe in and John believes in and that. You know, the dedication that he had made, makes it really easy when you see someone working as hard and as dedicated. He's in Flagstaff. He does what he needs to do. Do I go out there once in a while? Probably not. Uh, I haven't enough, and John and I haven't been, and we don't have the budget to do that, right? So, but the long, the long you know, that he just gets it done. So, again, the sacrifices that I make, I, I love to do this, you know, and if I can do it with people like Isaac, you know, it's not a sacrifice at all. I get to do what I love to do and watch somebody, you know, Reach their goals, not a sacrifice, especially to watch tonight. Now shifting to Budapest, have you yeah. like? I've been crazy enough. The perfect enough. <laughs> oh, yeah, a yeah. nice place. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a half hour out of Budapest, but yeah, yeah. it's yeah. So I guess now, like, how quickly do you start thinking? All right, well, like, let's make that final, and yeah. let's let's do something special there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, uh, we already have a, a house up in St. Moritz, so I'll, I'll be going there probably Monday. Um, and, uh, um, you know, trying to line up maybe one more steeple in between now and then, uh, uh, and, uh, just focusing on, you know, a little more bass and a couple more, you know, maybe one or two more workouts and, and, uh, just getting ready to rock and roll again. Yeah. So you're, it's not going to be just like a victory lap, happy to be here type thing. You want, you no, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that I can make the final if, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and it's going to be exciting to, 
not that I like am ever pitting myself against the other people out in the race, really. But it's like you know, running with Keeter and uh, um, you know just the USA guys will be. It'll be fun to have like that kind of like us against them mentality um, in the heats. Love it. Well. We shouldn't keep the celebration any longer. I we know you have hungry. Yeah. I, I do actually have to pee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to pee. I have to eat. Isaac, Tommy, thanks for joining us. And for everyone watching live on YouTube, uh, thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, the show would not have been possible without the support of Under Armour, who also supported Isaac's dreams of getting to the <laughs> world championships. So uh, one more day of the U.S. championships. We're going to make it, Kyle. It's been a lot, but... It's, it's we, been super fun. We love track and field. We love it so much. So worth the sacrifices. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. <laughs> Thank you.